Hello and welcome to Modern Intuition Podcast with your host, Olivia Scott. In this podcast, we talk all things intuition, spirituality, manifestation, and the road to uncovering soul purpose. I will be chatting with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, business owners, and industry experts to hear their road to creating success and how intuition has played into that journey. We uncover practical tools and inspiration to use in our own modern day lives to create our own version of happy, high vibration living in alignment with our true authentic self. Hey guys, Olivia here. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, I should say, and Happy New Year, depending on when you're listening to this. It is the 27th of December today, so that kind of funny in-between time of nothing really happening, (laughs) nothing really going on. A lot of people are away, which is really nice. I'm actually still at home in Auckland. I'm currently sitting Uh, in my dad's apartment on the waterfront in Mission Bay, which is beautiful. It is very busy, though. Mission Bay is a hectic, hectic time at this time of the year. So it's all hustle and bustle. So if you hear cars tooting and children yelling and screaming, that will be why. So I'm going to keep the intro really short today. There's not too much to fill you in on, and I am sort of in holiday mode, so I'll just fill you in on a few updates. Um... There has been, it's been a while since I've put a podcast episode out. I think it's actually been about two months and I'm sorry for being a little bit slow on the podcast front. Um, There has been a lot going on. If you've been listening in over the last couple of episodes, I launched my coaching program at the end of November and it became full. It was full very quickly. So it's been a really busy time, but it's been an incredible few months uh, working with some really amazing women with the one-on-one coaching which is it's just changed the whole way I work and the way I experience my business so it's been huge and I'm really really stoked to be closing the year on what was quite a big shift in the last couple of months of 2019 for me so it's been great and I am launching a group coaching program in late January which I'll fill you in on in the next episode I want to keep it short today it's holiday mode I don't want to fill the beginning with too much stuff Um, today's episode is with Melissa Vranges who is a sexual health and wellness and hormone educator this episode today is we get really really juicy I share quite vulnerably about my own experience with self-pleasure and sexual stuff, which I don't really talk about in general very often, just with my close girlfriends, but now it's just out here for you guys all to listen in on. And Melissa shares some incredible wisdom. You can hear in her voice how truly authentic and passionate she is about her mission with educating women and empowering women with their sexuality and their hormone health. Um, Lots of gems of wisdom. I hope you guys love it. Um, One announcement before I finish is I I have recently launched dates for my very first Reiki training, Level 1, which is in February on the 16th. And I think at this moment in time, there is one early bird ticket left. 
um, $249 as the early bird price or go up to $299 after that. Um, and yeah, it will be a really, really beautiful day. So if you've th- been thinking about starting to use Reiki or incorporate Reiki energy in your life, whether you just want to use it for self-healing or you want to incorporate it into the work that you do, whether you're a anything really from a Pilates teacher to a even like a receptionist, I think you can use Reiki for anything. You, you don't even have to use Reiki on human beings. You can use Reiki energy on plants. You can use Reiki energy on animals. Obviously, beneficial using it on your loved ones. Uh, but I think you can also use Reiki on general situations in your life. Um, you can do distance Reiki. Distance Reiki is actually level two, but the Reiki energy is just a really beautiful healing energy that you can actually use for anything and I've found it incredibly transformative in my own life. I've seen huge shifts not only using it with self-Reiki but using it on my life in general and sending two situations and two dynamics and two relationships and two my loved ones and my pets. <laughs> so... Reiki training, if you're interested in learning more about that, I've got some details on my website, www.lovebyolivia.com. And as always, I'm so grateful to our sponsor, Eve Health. Today's episode is brought to you by Eve Health at Home Hormone Testing. How it works is you purchase your test online at www.evehealth.com. They'll send you a box and you'll collect a urine sample from the comfort of your own home. You then send your sample to a New Zealand-based lab where EVE scientists will analyze your results and a health consultant will put together a report complete with diet, lifestyle and nutritional recommendations based on your own unique body. Listeners to the Modern Intuition podcast can access an exclusive 15% discount off the EVE test. When you head to their website www.evehealth.com enter the code intuition at the checkout to get 15% off. I absolutely love what Eve Health are doing as I am a firm believer that wisdom and knowledge about our own body is power and so empowering when we know what's going on and we have the ability and the tools to be able to either fix it or enhance its performance and really support it and give it what it's what it really needs. I love working with Eve and think they're so aligned because there's nothing more exciting than helping women reach their optimum health and optimum performance and feel really good about their body and in tune with how it is supposed to work naturally. So without further ado, I will get into today's episode. So hello, welcome Melissa. Hi. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa's first podcast, um, which I said I was so surprised about because she's got such a wealth of information and knowledge and I am so humbled to have you on. Thank you. So Melissa Franges is a yoga teacher and a women's hormone and sexual wellness advocate. She has been creating a space both online and in person to bring really real issues to the table where they can be discussed openly between women and the occasional brave man, which I love. Um, And Melissa offers conversations on how to honour the seasons of the menstrual cycle and what it means to truly live and flow with your body and how this can help with 
balancing your hormones. I really love your fresh approach to this content. Mm-hmm. It comes from such an interesting perspective of being educational but also fun mm-hmm. and conversational and really open and accessible for women. So I just want to start from the start. Um, tell me what you were like as a child. So the first thing that comes to mind is hyperactive. And um, whenever I had sugar, I was so sensitive to um, the stimulant that I would be incredibly hyperactive all the time and I had lots of energy and I was always doing tea parties and like you know this is going right back to the young age and I would always do tea parties and have Barbie dolls and dress up and we had a little dog a little Bichon Fries and um, you know I would dress her up sorry doggy but in all little baby's clothes and push her around the street in this pram and people would kind of like look in to see if it was a little baby and it was this dog on its back dressed in (laughs) dresses and baby's clothes so yeah at a young age I guess um I loved all things girly and and then growing up was turning into things womanly and then yeah I guess there was always that deeper um excitement for this female female energy that we will hold that is so fascinating do you were you always really I guess comfortable with talking about the woman's body and like female parts and all of that or did you have to go on a bit of a journey with that because for a lot of women there's a lot of shame with talking about vagina and boobs and periods and all of that and sex were you always comfortable or did you have to go kind of through some work Mm. to come to that place well, fortunately, I have an incredibly strong relationship with um, my mum and my dad, but with the woman's work, it was just spoken to me every single day through my mum. It was like, your hormones are doing this, and and when you have you know, too much sugar, it, you, you spike your adrenals, and you know, this happens so... Speaking about the hormones and my internal system and what was happening was completely natural for me. Then moving on to more the taboo topic like um, vulvas and sexuality and the menstrual cycle, um, I think that came from my own work of going to workshops where it was so freely spoken about and the teachers and educators talked about it like you were reading the newspaper. So I just pulled this energy from them to embody that mm-hmm. and actually know that it's totally okay. And if I feel uncomfortable talking about it, the women who are listening or the men listening are also going to feel uncomfortable. So it's this domino effect. Mm-hmm. So I guess having an open mum mm-hmm. speaking to me about that and you know educating me even around the vulva when I was younger it's like this is what mine looks like you know and that's normal and um yeah so it was a mixture of having that incredible relationship but also going to these spaces where it was so normal yeah and that's important hey it's so interesting that 
the your mother's relationship to having open communication with you about it then um, created your own reality of what was normal because I think for a lot of parents and I know uh, my parents did have a lot of shame when I was growing up talking about things like sex and vaginas and bullies and all of that I really didn't get to hear much about it at all and it wasn't until my I guess early to mid twenties, where I thought actually I don't really know much about this stuff. Totally, absolutely, and even now, you know, I ask my parents. I'm I'm incredibly out there, and I talk about uh, sexuality, and you know, we will have a discussion with. Like, I will have a discussion with my mum and dad about sexuality, and dad will you know chime in and say, "Yeah, I think it's really sad that women feel like this," and this and that and it's like and I'm just sit back sometimes thinking this is so cool you know there's two different generations where a lot holds so much to and shame and then my generation where it sh- you know it still holds a lot of to and shame but there's this movement happening so yeah. yeah and I'm sure it's taken you some time to realize that actually there's a whole lot of people that actually need educating and, mm. and realising that that's what you want to do but we'll get to that part yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to definitely dive into that um, so what was your life like around your early 20s? so early 20s I had just kind of broken up from a unhealthy relationship and I went on this huge journey of unconsciousness I kind of call it where I just partied and I completely ruined my body (laughs) in a way that was like I just want to forget about that relationship and I'm going to find myself through um, sex, drugs and rock and roll kind of thing and it yeah wasn't, wasn't great at the time it was like I would just kind of drink to black out and numb out and yeah it was it was that the party side of it and it was also an incredibly um, intense investment banking job so I was in this kind of masculine role where I worked with 17 men and just myself in our department and then this side like my social side of just partying to kind of either deal with that or just find myself in some way yeah Yeah. I often think that you have to go in the complete opposite direction in order to figure out what you are not or what you don't want totally what do you think the lessons were during that time for you I think now when I look back at it and the lessons learnt were certainly just trying to find myself and accept who I authentically wanted to be and rather than using alcohol to make me funny or be the joker it was like uh, today I'm quiet and I don't have lots of jokes up my sleeve and that's okay I don't need a double vodka cranberry to make that happen you know so it was just finding this balance and being okay with who I was in that moment rather than trying to be someone for a crowd mm. how long did that process kind of go on for quite a while yeah definitely quite a while and that's not to say that um you know she doesn't come out now and, and has a few drinks and, and yeah. loves to joke around but it's just that I wasn't 
yeah, I wasn't aware that I was producing alcohol or this kind of blackout state that I would get in to accept myself and and trying to connect. Mm-hmm. You know, humans are wired up for connection and yeah. Anyway, it's a whole nother <laughs> topic. Yeah. But yeah, the lessons are definitely self acceptance and being okay with who I really wanted to be. Yeah. Is there anything that you would tell that girl now? Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, be proud of who you are without trying to be someone for someone else. Yeah. Okay, cool. So tell me then a little bit about the journey that came from that space of going kind of outside yourself to learn what you didn't want or what you really, really, who you really were, actually. Um, Tell me about the journey from there to realizing what you wanted to do now. Mm. So I actually left uh, New Zealand and went traveling for six and a half years and everything kind of started falling into place so I left the banking job and my skin started clearing up and I was feeling different um, things in my body kind of shuffling back into center so I started questioning why was my at that time you know from drinking party and being in a highly stressful job I had acne and I just couldn't get rid of it naturally no matter what I tried and so that started happening and it just set a little like flag and why why did that happen? Okay. I then stopped drinking coffee. Again, little shifts started happening. So um, it was this, yeah, this, it was kind of forced, but I had some awareness around it. So that kind of happened and I started look, looking into a bit more of my health and then with the sexual wellness, I actually, I mean, I've always been curious. So with sexuality, I had always been curious um, about how to relate and find expansive ways of reaching and feeling pleasure. And I won't go into this too much, but um, in my younger 20s, I was kind of introduced to pornography and started feeling this pressure of what women should be like in a sexual environment and so I went on exploring this and yeah a lot of um, I guess personal development came from I don't feel good when I do that Um, like what the girls on the porn videos are doing yeah and it, it just made me feel sad and yeah I went to so I was curious about that but never wanted to dive into that too much because it didn't feel safe it was like forbidden shouldn't look at that plus what are they doing acrobatic machines you know so anyway and the sex seems to last for half an hour (laughs) and they do like 25 different (laughs) positions and you're like how are they still going (laughs) how is this real (laughs) and you feel your lips yeah Expectations it's, for men and for women. Exactly. Yeah. It is completely confusing. And I had 
partners that I had known that they had watched a lot of pornography in their time because I, I had to say, hey, buddy, like, slow down. Take your DJ skipper off that area and let's just <laughs> chill out for a bit. Like, I don't enjoy hard and fast. And that's just my personal, you know, want in an in intimate relationship. So... I think actually even saying that to a guy is very hard because when you're in that moment of kind of wanting to enjoy each other you don't want to tell you don't want to tell them what to do and especially if you know they watch a lot of porn and you do feel that pressure of having to kind of keep up with the idea that he's got in his mind about how it's going to go and you don't want to you want him to like you or whatever is going on it's a really hard thing just to say actually I don't like it like that would have taken a lot of bravery totally but you know that comes from that comes from doing internal work on that and knowing your boundaries staying strong to that having self-respect and confidence Mm -hmm. and that's what I love teaching women to have because in the bedroom I think a lot of us just kind of zip up and take it Mm -hmm. Um, yet it can be so sexy and empowering when you start to voice what you like and Mm -hmm not being scared of the reaction and not being scared that you're going to cancel out his pleasure session because hey you're in it too mm-hmm. there's two of you in it and if you're not enjoying yourself you're fully saying no to yourself and cutting yourself off of receiving deep pleasure mm-hmm. and you are both equally as worthy Absolutely. of receiving that pleasure not just the sex isn't just for the guy no. and the girl comes along for the rest exactly <laughs> no <pun> intended <laughs> That's why you like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that we a little bit sidestepped, but um, I went to Bali a while ago, probably about three years ago now, and I did this um, workshop with an incredible teacher who talked about um, self care, intimacy, all the different vulvas there are, and it was called Understanding Sex. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell anyone I'm going to this. I'm just going to go because I'm in Bali. No one's going to be there that I know I'm going. And I went and it completely sold out. Was this the first sexual education workshop you had been to? Mm. Was there any element of shame around going to it? Absolutely. Mm. And the only reason why I attended it was because I was in a different country and in Bali where that stuff is so acceptable, Mm. you know, and, and you're anonymous. Exactly. No one recognizes Totally. You ask questions and oh, no one will judge you. Exactly. <laughs> it's just this freedom to kind of explore what understanding sex meant. Mm. And when the word sex isn't anything, majority of people just think penetration, like Kama Sutra. It's a whole umbrella of things. So I just went to figure out what understanding sex meant Mm. like how is you know that a title for a workshop it's like that just leaves the mind so curious and that was the game changer for me Mm. that was it seeing this woman talk about all these beautiful things and I was first introduced to the yoni egg there Mm -hmm. and just seeing her she was in a completely embodied feminine beautiful goddess and seeing her in that element 
making all of us 30 women feel so comfortable being a woman and being able to use tools to find more pleasure within our bodies was it. That is amazing. Yeah. And how long ago was that? Probably about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, can you explain what the yoni egg is? Yeah. So the yoni egg, and I use um, purely a jade egg because it is a bit more potent. It's got more of a cleansing and healing um, tool to it, I guess. Um, So it's a yoni egg, and it has a little hole drilled at the top, and you insert it internally into your vaginal canal, and you can use this to strengthen your pelvic floor, prolapse womb, um, cleansing energy. Mm-hmm. There's so many benefits to it, and it's pretty much for me personally has resensitized my whole internal kind mm-hmm. of makeup. And is it pleasurable, or is it you just can't you can't feel it, or can you feel it whilst doing the practice? Or yeah, yeah. So. It depends. It totally depends. When I first started out, I was doing these basic moves and you would be doing, you know, bringing your awareness back into your hips and thrusting and moving round. And at times, it can be pleasurable because you're starting to bring awareness and sensitivity to your whole pelvic floor area, which a lot of women hold so many... Um, so much tension around and and trauma exactly and this idea of a tight pussy it's just not what it's cracked out to be actually when someone says that to me I just think wow if it's tight you don't have enough blood flow there you can't feel as much it's painful Mm -hmm. if someone said I have a flexible pussy I'd be like you're doing the work (laughs) you know (laughs) So a yoni egg, yeah, um, it's about bringing and resensitizing that area, that internal, um, yeah, that internal anatomy, I guess. But also you can use it to cleanse, and I've done it where I've released energy from past lovers, things like oh. that. So it can sound a bit fluffy, but my gosh, mm-hmm. it no, is. I, I'm sorry, yeah, it is amazing. I also I just wanted to ask you too because I've heard about using wands uh, for releasing trauma and mm-hmm. releasing tension from that area. Do you? Have you experienced much with that? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I love crystal wands as well. Again, so these are my two tools, and I talk about these in my workshops is the yoni egg and the crystal wand. And I kind of, it's up to each individual, but I suggest kind of starting with the yoni egg and just playing with this and doing a few basic practices. And then when you're ready, bringing in the crystal wand where you can kind of play with a bit more. Um, the word penetration I know it sounds a bit intense and tight but just playing with this idea of inserting something in and out that's not vibrating or is plastic or you know has chemicals on it It, it, crystals hold so much energy and they might not necessarily vibrate with a battery but they vibrate with energy and why not use that as a tool to help release trauma around that area? Yeah. So-
so interesting and I love that these tools aren't necessarily about reaching climax mm. like you can obviously with a wand mm. but it's not actually about that it's about the relationship that you have to that area mm. and what that means because what do you think the benefits are with connecting to that area on a deeper level oh gosh so many I mean how often do people connect with themselves in that area it's like no I don't have time or I'll just wait until that partner or my partner or whatever but when you purely allow yourself time to connect to that area I think you just open up this whole world of creativity of zest like you see some woman walking around and they've just got that spark or they're just they're, they're confident and they know themselves there's boundaries and and they just they have that something about them and for me I personally believe that it's this connection to our sexuality to our feminine energy mm. um, so the benefits really expand into much greater than just pleasure mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. I um, actually started something a couple of months ago and I haven't really talked to anyone about this it's a very vulnerable share especially on the podcast but I started mm-hmm. this um, what I call my MMM morning routine mm-hmm. meditation masturbation and what's my last M? mantra love it and I it's not about the it's not about orgasming for me. Mm. It's about the relationship that I have with my creativity, my self-worth, and my vibration. Mm. Pun intended, but it's actually not a vibrator thing. <laughs> um, but it's actually so much more than sex. It's the relationship mm. you have with yourself. And I completely agree. It's changed my life mm. on every single level. And it's not even about... Um, it's actually... What I've noticed in the biggest way is my um, relationship to people and how I express myself mm. and self-worth. Love that, yeah. But I think for a lot of people, even the thought of saying the word masturbation mm. or, or, or thinking about buying a yoni egg or a wand is a little bit scary. Mm. What would you say, would, um, what would you recommend to people to take that first step towards getting to know that area? Yeah, I mean... I would first say some education around it. Mm. So not just diving in and and getting a yoni egg and thinking, okay, I'm going to YouTube this. Actually, like sign up for an online course and be guided through how to get the full experience of using one. That would be my number one um, kind of yeah education tip around that. Yeah, and then. Yeah. Do you have any like favorite resources that you'd recommend? I mean, firstly, I would say people to come to you and kind of check out your content. But yeah, anything else you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, with the jade eggs. So unfortunately, she doesn't do it anymore. But Layla Martin was my number one guru when I first started this whole journey. So if you haven't heard of Layla Martin, go on to her. Yeah, she's incredible. I'll link her in the show notes. Great. And uh, she did this jade egg pleasure a six-week uh, journey, and it went right through to understanding what the jade egg was, what it can do for you, cleansing, now bringing pleasure in. So it starts off this journey of it's not straight away like okay, let's let's resensitize this area so I can have internal orgasms. Mm. 
scratch that, just start to bring awareness around loving your body, knowing your body, knowing that it is capable of so much pleasure that, yeah, and it's up to you. Like, yeah, I love that routine thing. It takes, it really takes discipline to be dedicated to connecting with yourself and not expecting somebody else to do it for you like a partner. Exactly. Yeah, and I think also because of society and the way we've been programmed to think about sex and and the societal shame from older generations that we've inherited, there is sort of this, um, oh, I want to get pleasure from having sex mentality or pleasure from um, having a partner. But it's, yeah, so much more than that, but also kind of what you said around when we harness our relationship to this area, we actually enjoy sex and experiences with other people so much more. Because we know what we want, it's easy to ask for what we need. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'm so with that. What's your kind of ritual that that you embody now? Gosh, it changes a lot. So, um... For me, like where I am in my cycle and sometimes um, I'll be doing long distance, sometimes not. So again, it's about how I'm feeling. But I guess a basic ritual for me would be like I meditate every single morning and that can be, it can be all sorts of things, self-worth, pleasure, the day, relaxation, it can be a lot, but my ritual around intimacy is that self-pleasure kind of thing so that I really like to self-massage I think when we instead of just self-pleasuring and getting straight to the point it's first connecting with myself like what do you want today how are you feeling I'm feeling a little bit down and a bit vulnerable so actually I'm not going to insert anything today I'm just going to hold you and maybe just cut my yoni and do some energy work about bringing that space and clearing while I'm feeling feeling a bit sticky or it could go straight onto the other end of the scale where I'm feeling super alive and I'm like right just a quick breast massage and I'm down you know (laughs) and and I just want to like electrify the center of my body with pleasure today and, Mm -hmm. and that's what happens so um yeah, rituals are always changing and I think should always be respected on mood rather than forcing um, mm. these tools in us. Definitely. I love that that's also a practice of intuition mm. because you're right, it, it's sometimes we think we wake up every day and we, we need to do the same thing, mm. like we need to go to the gym class or the yoga class or go for the walk or do this but when we actually ask our body what it needs, it's always, it's different every day. Totally. It's not always the same. I, I love that. Mm. So then, depending on where we're at in our lunar cycle, mm. what, what phase will we be craving certain things at different times of the month? Okay, so if we're talking about pleasure in this cycle... Um, so your cycle starts with the bleed, obviously menstruating. So some women can feel quite aroused and other women just don't want anything to do with it. So again, that's, it's up to the woman, like we're all so different. But 
maybe I'll just speak on on my cycle yeah I can't comment on um, how other women feel so for my cycle um, when I'm menstruating I can feel quite aroused and also as I'm coming down um, less energized so it's more of like this nourishing intimate um, yeah kind of play that I have and I won't ever put my jade egg or wand um, inside me during this time but if I'm with my partner then maybe we'll have some play all dependent Um, and then leading up so you start leading up and building up this beautiful kind of energy uh, leading up to ovulation so Mm. your follicular phase okay and that's between the bleed and ovulation exactly so probably about your days so that's about 7 to 14 okay day I I don't really like saying the days because every woman's different but this is based on an average 28 day cycle so ovulating around 14 days I actually ovulate on day 18 so Mm -hmm. it's very different for everyone but this energy leading up to ovulation is where you're kind of peaking you feel good your energy's there um yeah you're more sexually aroused you've got the energy and the and kind of the hormones to um, get super sexy and and you're literally magnetizing you know your, your body is magnetizing men to fertilize you because your egg is like it's like come on I'm magnetic and sexy as fuck right yeah. now <laughs> like, your face literally is more symmetrical around this time really like yeah. it's just your body is like you're perfect you. for a yeah for a baby like go make it please. yeah um, and then so would you feel a lot more frisky and like mm-hmm. wanting to have sex around ovulation absolutely yes. yeah your hormones are at their peak and they are doing anything possible with me releasing pheromones to mm-hmm. to get turned on mm-hmm. so um, so this would be a great time to be using the wand and say pleasure and all of that yeah okay and or sex with your partner obviously exactly <laughs> <laughs> cool. screw him <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So this is this is a great time to start bringing some really cool electric um, self pleasuring rituals, and that's when I would probably decide, depending on how my energy levels are, is to like lap up on this time and use this energy and my hormones to experience a bit more bliss and mm. deep pleasure. And then you come down to your luteal phase and the energy is starting to come down. So those are the beautiful times to add in your forwarding massage and your breast massage and things that are super nourishing and maybe assisting you to deeper pleasure but over a longer period of time because you're coming down. You know, it's about nourishing your body. And then you move into complete inward energy of your bleed again and it continues super basic but I love the um, idea I love that and it's almost it's really beautiful when you look at it in the sense of an overall picture of your bleed your bleed almost feels very sacred Mm. of going from that phase of kind of like heightened energy sexuality feeling feminine and creative to kind of a little bit more inward and reflective and then a really sacred bleed totally at the beginning of the cycle but 
Um, it's actually quite a beautiful process mm-hmm. when you think about it, what our feminine, our hormones are doing for us mm-hmm. all the time totally. in an emotional way as well as a physical way. And mm-hmm. So I just want to talk a little bit also around that phase of moving towards ovulation when the energy is mm-hmm. a lot more heightened. I don't know... Uh, about you but I always find that this is the time where when I tune into that energy I definitely always feel a little bit friskier mm-hmm. so I put on my sexy lingerie and my sexy tops and do a little bit more of the makeup but I always feel a lot more expressive and creative in the sense where I'm just constantly wanting to be um, talking to people and making plans and collaborating and um, that more outward energy um, and what I've realized is during this last two-month process of connecting with this area, it's actually been quite powerful in that sense compared to previously when I wasn't doing my MMM. Mm. Um, there was less confidence. But now since doing the MMM, in the lead-up to the ovulation, that high-energy phase, um, there's a lot more creation happening. And... Are you able to speak about the creative energy that this area of our body holds? Mm, absolutely. So it's the pelvic bowl, right? And in the pelvic bowl is your second chakra, so your sacral chakra, which is creativity, sexuality, self-worth, you know, all these this like beautiful, juicy energy that we hold in our pelvic bowl, which is um, between our hips. And I think when we start to awaken and bring awareness to this area, it's like flicking the light on, right? It's this area that we've been shaming and kind of suppressing for a while, especially as women. Um, And now to then turn it on and say, hey, what? I'm going to... I'm going to turn this on and I'm going to start to bring awareness around this and I'm going to start to create some healthy energy in this area mm-hmm. rather than saying, oh no, I'm too sexual or like, I, I shouldn't wear red lipstick otherwise they're not going to think that I'm intelligent enough or I'm a bimbo or, you know, all these things. But it's actually like, you know what, I'm going to put on those heels and I'm going to wear this coat with this sexy little slip underneath because I feel good and I know I'm worth wearing this. So I think when you bring a bit of sex and sass to it, um, it's there and you can feel it and no one can tell you otherwise. Mm. Probably went a bit off. No, I I love that. It's actually also reminding me of something that it is safe. Mm. to express sexuality because mm. um, I know that and I've seen and I also used to feel a little bit like if I went too feminine or sexy it would uh, yeah like you said and you may have experienced when you worked in a corporate job that people might not take you as seriously mm. or that you might be looked at in a different way and it's not safe to be seen in a certain way because it makes you vulnerable and things like that and now there's a lot of shame around that what did you experience when you worked in, the, in that corporate job for a few years I know you said that was quite uh, one-sided I mm. guess what was your experience with that in relation to expressing yourself femininely to be honest I actually loved it 
I loved it. The guys were incredible that I worked with. There was lots of banter. I felt equal to them. I was the executive assistant and they were the analysts. So I, even though there was that difference that I wasn't necessarily an analyst working with them, I felt equal to them. Mm -hmm. And expressing myself sexually, I mean, I had to obviously be um, aware how I was expressing myself but I did it with respect I didn't shut her down I still wore yellow silky long pants where maybe my bum was jiggling a bit too much but I love that I love it you know and it was like but I would wear then like a satin black blouse of it or something that so there was always this part of me that loved to be a bit sassy but it came with self-respect yes. it was um yeah and there was respect there was mutual respect in the office with with guys so um, I never felt like I couldn't fully express my sexuality and and yeah and what they would that's awesome actually because it's not common no yeah Um, so what are some of the hardest things you've had to overcome in order to create this business you've got now Mm. where you've been pushed to overcome self-limiting beliefs Mm. I think it's just staying true to my authentic self and not having to be somebody that other people want me to be like a sexual guru or some menstrual queen goddess who knows it all it's just it's just continuing to come back to the core of who I am and who my teachings are and that they're unique to me and to keep living by that and not feeling pressure to be doing what other people are doing um yeah it's it's purely just continuing to be my authentic self and knowing that my unique way of delivering information is perfect for me. Yeah. How do you return to that place? What tools do you use? Hmm. Meditation, definitely. And a big part of uh, meditation would be affirmations. Mm. And continually, even driving here to do this podcast, it was like, I'm confident, I'm calm, and everything will flow that needs to flow. So it's just coming back to knowing that I'm epic and that it's cool and don't worry about if things aren't strung to a perfect sentence that's me yes oh yeah it's so important authenticity is so important it is what tools do you use when you find yourself in a bit of a rut movement 100% movement and um, whenever I'm feeling a bit sticky or yeah in a rut it is complete non-linear movement so hands and knees moving my spine my hips getting up and just allowing my head neck shoulders everything just to fall and feel heavy and what I do is I find where I'm feeling sticky and so for example if it's um, my shoulders I'll bring my attention there and I'll start moving intuitively and just saying how do you want to move today let's unravel that and I visualize this coil this tight coil just slowly expanding and kind of unraveling and letting go so 100% movement I love that Mm. it's so beautiful and in tune is there any other body movement that you like to do 
heaps. <laughs> um, so I think dance is certainly my number one top favourite. But again, do you dance in a like a group or is it like a, at home by yourself? How in what format? Any opportunity I can get. <laughs> group, like solo with my sister, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes. When I was preparing for a workshop uh, a while ago, I was putting the playlist together and I was like, okay, this is going to be perfect for that. It'll really tap in. And I was like, oh my God, I just got to dance. (laughs) And I was like, yes, this is such a good song for it. So moving your body um, just intuitively, non-linear, I think when, for me, when releasing trauma, emotions or anything that's stagnant, non-linear movement, intuitive Mm. movement. It's really cool. And I just want to mention, we were talking a little bit before this podcast about um, there's this dance class in Auckland called OK Now Now Ladies, which is like a positive body movement class, Mm. self-love and all of that. And it's it's this probably about 50 girls in a room, 50 women led by this incredible dance teacher, Bianca. And she just walked she takes us through movements or sequences where we just basically are twerking and slut dropping <laughs> and like humping the floor Love it. and all of these things but it's it's not about how we look it's how we feel and what I was saying to Melissa before this podcast started was that it's actually the moving the hips and moving that area there's something about it that just feels like it's releasing so much stored tension mm. and it's so incredible um, when you're taught how to move that area when you're taught how to move your hips and move your booty and like all that stuff that we can't, aren't really taught we, know, we all know how to dance in a club mm. um, but when you're showing movements you don't really usually know how to do it it's very freeing and very releasing the amount of energy that's released in the area is quite amazing and I think you can tell by the end of the class everyone's on the same page they're like far out that exercise, run, weights, when do we get the opportunity to drop into our hips and actually just figure out your hips, like, oh, how good does it feel to figure out your hips, thrusting, there's nothing wrong with, okay, maybe in public waiting at the bus stop is an ideal, but like, in the safeness <laughs> of your room, front yeah. and back, and just starting to swirl this energy that is held so densely in our pelvic bowl. And we do it when we're kids naturally, right? We'll move our body however which way it wants to move. But I think we forget sometimes totally how our body moves, mm. how it wants to move, yeah. I think that also comes down to how structured we all are. Life is structured. Everything's on an agenda and a time and a place. And, and even in a yoga class when I'm teaching and I'll say 30 seconds of free movement, hands and knees, like how does your body intuitively want to move mm-hmm. and so many people are stuck mm-hmm. it's like oh um you know they look around and and then I'll guide and it's like start riveting your spine up and down or waving your base of your spine side to side you know we we need guidance and we're not mm-hmm. properly taught non-linear tools mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. 
that's why I love intuition so much because it's like what do you really want like what is your body actually asking you for and you're so right like it actually is about the educational side once we have these tools and we have this information and the information that you provide people we understand but it's actually just learning how to connect with our bodies mm. and realizing that the shame that we might have isn't real mm. so what would you say with your experience of seeing kind of perhaps the shame or the ideologies or the societal program programming women have around moving body and, and sex and all of that what would you say just to debunk some of those beliefs that women might have let them go who gives a shit and society will continue to tell you to be this type of woman in this fitted box but no woman is made to fit in a box we're expandable incredible beings so I mean the way I personally got rid of that conditioning and look it's it still happens and still like oh four, I've taken that on like okay it doesn't matter I can be this woman I need to keep coming back to her but a tool is just if something feels good in your body with self-respect with dignity with those things if it feels good for you to do it do it mm. that is your intuition that is you telling you I want to be this woman I want to dress like this I want to talk like this and I want to interact like this and that's okay mm. and then I've said this before but it's like a muscle right mm. the more we tune into it and we actually take action on those little things that we want to do our trust with that grows mm. and we, it becomes stronger and it's not like an overnight thing where we will, we'll go to one workshop and then we are sexually free forever totally. it's like little doing the first step and like little bits each day that feels good to us and feels right to us because we're all at different points of the journey of learning about our bodies and yeah. hmm. so what would you say are some of the most effective things that you do on a daily basis that retunes you and regrounds you Definitely waking up and doing something that connects me to my body. So whether that be walking down to the beach, meditating, yoga, free movement, something that instantly connects me to my body so that I am in a conscious state starting my day, not rushing or quickly eating breakfast on the run, having that and I'm lucky at the moment that um, I am working for myself so I have that and yeah I would suggest that what was the question again no you answered it perfectly okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what does your business look like a baby <laughs> it is um, it's yeah it's only just started I started like throwing out information on Instagram about a year ago just as like okay I've just broken up with my partner and I'm going to use this as kind of like a, a tool to help me heal heartbreak kind of thing yeah. um, but something I've also been super passionate about my sister just said what are you waiting for do it yeah. and I was like no I can't I don't know and she just said who cares like no one's going to die you're just putting out information and 
I started and creativity just went out. I was like, this is so cool, this is what I want to do. And educating myself kept kind of happening, these opportunities for courses and training, so I kept doing them. And I've had this kind of two-month gap um, in between freelancing jobs where I've been able to really knuckle down and kind of put a strategy together where some, yeah, more information and a solid platform for women will um, come to play early next year. Incredible. That's really exciting. And there's so much work to be done. And Mm. I just think it's so timely, the work you're doing. Mm. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. What was the biggest fears that you had coming up when you were starting this a year ago? What were you kind of battling with? Mm. For me, it was definitely, are women ready for this? Is it too fluffy or happy or outrageous that one like whoa lady slow down what is this so it was definitely uh, yeah our women ready for this especially in New Zealand we're a lot a lot more conservative and it was just yeah uh, what what is a modern woman going to think of this kind of work of getting in tune with your cycle with your sexuality that actually when you start to break it down and learn about it it's fully um yeah it's almost science proven half of this stuff about the pelvic bowl about intuition about creativity and cycle so the biggest thing was are women ready for this Mm. is there a market for it Mm. It's so interesting because since following you, which was probably maybe around when you started a year ago, I um, and the more I've seen, you're the only like sexual wellness person that I've sh- sexual yeah and hormone and female body mm-hmm. person on Instagram that I follow, and I'm constantly seeing uh, pictures of vulvas mm-hmm. and women's like sex and women's bodies and all these things that you generally don't see on a daily basis and Instagram is an amazing platform for education in that respect but the more I've seen the more and the more you've posted the more I'm like oh that's awesome initially it's like initially it's kind of a I don't want to say a shock, but it's just when you're not used to seeing it, you're like, oh yeah, that's the inside of a vagina. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while, like, except especially, I've seen my own, but maybe not anyone else's. Um, but after a while, you are so sensitive to it, and you think, you become desensitized, almost, not desensitized, but in a way where you're like, oh, that's just the vagina. Mm. That's just the uterus. That's just the, cer- she's talking about cervical mucus. That's, mm. that's yeah, that's cool. Like, I'm, I'm open to it. But it's that educational process of and maybe initially it, it is a shock but after a while you're like oh yeah I know what that is I, I, I understand what she's talking about that's awesome like, I love learning and it's that that's the work I see that is like the most important is actually saying it's it's cool to talk about it's actually really normal to talk about all this stuff well I mean the biggest thing about that and why I feel it's quite easy to talk about it is every woman has it mm. Like you, you. Every woman has cervical mucus. It's incredible when you have the science behind it and what it does to your body. If I was just throwing it out there as a look, hey, look at this stringy bit of cervical mucus. Okay, I would say that's really confronting and like probably 
a little bit disgusting. (laughs) But when it's educational and it's like, hey, the message is, I want you to know your body. Here's this little hot tip about this to help you either get pregnant or not get pregnant. Like, that's that. So I think when talking and explaining things that are quite confronting, it's put with education that's like, oh, cool, I didn't know that about my own body. And you do it in such a beautiful way, kind of like you said, a modern approach to it, and you do it, it's all very, it looks beautiful as well, which I think is when talking to a modern audience, it does have to be sometimes done in a beautiful way for them to go oh this is actually quite beautiful at the same time it saves the triggers like the vulvas that's big and bold and and I know that that would certainly trigger some people but again it's this message of like hey I'm just popping this out here it's quite bold but I want you to know that you're normal Mm -hmm. and there's a whole different variety of vulvas Maybe your one's in this little swipe along post. Maybe yeah. not, but just letting you know you're normal. Yeah. Rather than like, here's a vagina. This is what it looks like. We all know what ours looks like, or maybe or some maybe others. A porn exactly. clip. We've seen that, but that's not what they all look mm-hmm. like. Um. Also, I think what's important to remember is that not only is it all normal but how important is our hormonal health it Mm. affects us every single month every single day absolutely and how important is getting pregnant and fertility and reproduction that's that's part of everyone's life for men and women and so it's it's not about it's not about talking about those small parts it actually relates to Everything, mm. everything on a daily basis. It's not, it's not something we can just ignore and push to the side and say, "Oh, we're never going to have to deal with that." So I'll just brush it aside. It actually comes into every single person's life at some totally. point. Um, and sometimes I think when it's it's when our hormones become imbalanced, or it's when we're having issues with expressing ourselves sexually, or it's when we're having problems getting pregnant that we're like, "Oh, maybe I need to look at." talk about my vagina or talk about what's going on or talk about my sexual health totally Um, it's a lot more important than yeah I think a lot of people realise so that's why I love the work you're doing yeah thank you do you have any spiritual beliefs? goodness I mean what is spiritual beliefs? really you know I feel like everything I do has some kind of conscious meaning behind it Um, yeah I like to mix in a whole lot of you know bits and bobs from all kinds of beliefs that really resonate with me I was brought up um, as a Catholic and as you know as I got older that slowly kind of dissolved away and now I'm left with Taoist and Buddhism and yeah a whole lot really there's yeah so my yes I have a spiritual belief but um it's a really big recipe of a whole lot of things that I've learned along the way. Yeah, and Taoists and Buddhists are fairly similar, right? A lot of it overlaps with each other. Yeah. Is there anything that you do to connect with that spiritual place? Absolutely. Um, meditation and yoga definitely 
the two things that I would use to connect those places. Again, even in my nonlinear movement, there is parts of me that is touching on Taoist and and Buddhism, you know, and yeah, I've been to India twice, so you know, the Hinduism again that comes into it. There's so like the mantras and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So yeah, meditation and yoga. And is there something I I love I love talking about Taoism. Is there something? What do you love most about that philosophy or the teachings? I think for me it is all about karma, mm. and I mean this is part of Buddhism as well, right? Mm. But for me what goes around comes around and I think that is such an important part of being a woman treating other women how you would like to be treated and knowing that that will come back around and you'll meet incredible other women mm. and and you'll get treated like that so for me that philosophy of, of treating other people how you would like to be treated especially in the woman or the female community is my favorite mm. philosophy. Mm. Oh, I love that. Do you connect to any other deity or god or higher spirit? I do, but I don't know what it is. Mm. Yeah, it's just I know that I have guides with me, and whenever I find myself, um, you know, even coming here again, I, I just put it out there I said guide me through this session of what I need to speak about and just yeah there, there's always a continual um, spirit if you please mm. that is is carrying weight with me that's beautiful what are some of the uh, biggest lessons you have learned so far on your journey journey of sexual wellness and hormone health or just in personal life and general life Mm. the number one thing I have learned is about looking after and respecting my body so I told you I went on that you know very unconscious state and then I did my first yoga training four years ago and it completely flipped me and I stopped drinking as much Actually, I almost completely stopped drinking and I stopped all these like dirty little habits and started looking after my body. And when I went into that journey, it was just so eye-opening. When you give yourself time, when you respect the vessel you're in, fuel it with the right things, be around the right people, all these things was just like, what was I doing? You know? It was just, I, I haven't wasted those years because I obviously needed to go through that hectic time to then go through this complete, epic, blissful, connected time. So the biggest thing is connecting, looking after your body. Mm. And if there's one thing that you would love for people to do today to reconnect to that space in themselves, what would it be? Give yourself time. Give yourself time to tune in and ask your being how you're feeling and then respect that answer. Mm, I love that. 
So what have you got planned for the next few months? So I have a sexual wellness workshop coming up this weekend. Oh, cool. And then I have a rest and restore evening the following Friday. And that's it for the rest of the year for Melissa Brandy's yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm signing up and going to Bali for two and a half months. Wow. And, yeah, I'm going to work over there actually with – I work on boats – as a little freelance bits and bobs all over the world so that's my last kind of stint in that era of chapter I guess yeah um so I'm going to Bali and hopefully doing a bit more training as well starting to learn about the somatics of sexuality and tapping into a bit more education around the menstrual cycle and yeah oh yeah and what's the plan for next year Wow, I'll fill you in on a little secret. (laughs) Not so much a secret. (laughs) No, next year's going to be big. It's going to be when I officially um, kind of mark myself as a business and I start really rolling out educational practices for women to bring into their day. Um, Yeah. I'm going to hopefully go around Australia and take my workshops there mm-hmm. and also possibly a few little places around New Zealand mm-hmm. and yeah, hopefully starting an online course. Mm-hmm. This is all up in the air and things yet. So it's really the idea and the goal for next year is to bring this education to women. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so where can we find you? So currently only one little hotspot, which is on Instagram. My Instagram is Melissa Brandy's Yoga. So M-E-L-I-S-S-A-V-R-A-N-J-E-S-Y-O-G-A. Perfect. And I will link it as well. Um, Is there any last parting words you'd like to share? Listen to yourself and know that you're worthy of being the woman you truly want to be. Amen, sister. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you really loved today's episode. I know I sure enjoyed listening to it myself. As always, if you love today's episode, please leave me a review, comment, or hit subscribe. Otherwise, head over to Instagram and follow me at lovebyolivia. Until next time, have the best New Year's, and I look forward to bringing you some new guests in 2020. Talk soon.